and I uh, hope that you've had a good week. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming on a Wednesday evening, and I uh, hope that you've had a good week. Let's turn our Bibles to Amos chapter 6 this, uh, this evening, Amos chapter 6, and read a couple of verses here. And uh, this afternoon, I had to, uh, had to go into Telstra. And uh, it was either that or, or calling Telstra. So, you know, I just thought, I'll go in. Um, so I went in and, and you know, it, it took a little while, as it usually does. It's pretty straightforward in my mind. Um, but sat in there for an hour and a half at the Telstra store there in, in Strathpine. But um, in the, while we were doing that, the, the fellow that was helping me, was, he was actually quite helpful. He really wasn't um, much he can do. It was a system and all of that. But I got to chat with him a little bit, and um, Lord willing, he'll come along and, and come to church at some point. But pray for him. His name's Doug, and just a young man. He's just moved back into the, um, into the area, and um, I actually knew about our church. I, he asked what I, was, I do. I said, I'm the pastor at Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And he said, oh, that's the one at Albany Creek. And I said, yeah, that's the one. And so Lord willing... Um, well, I'll just uh, maybe just have another issue with another device or something with Telstra, but that generally happens anyway, so I'm sure I'll bump into him at another time. But Amos chapter 6, uh, this evening we'll read the first six verses here. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion, and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Pass ye unto Kalna, and say, From thence go ye to Hamath the great, then go down to Gath of the Philistines, be they better than these kingdoms, or their border greater than your border? Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near, that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall, that chant to the sound of the vial and invent to themselves instruments of music like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. And, you know, perhaps one of the most alarming things, if you've ever studied through the book of Amos, um, one of the most alarming things about the book is the, really the relative disconnect or unconcern that the people of the day had for the condition of their nation and the spiritual danger that they were actually inherently in. They were lulled into a false sense of security. The people didn't really understand the imminent judgment that they were facing. And I think one of the dangers that we face as, as really a free society and so forth, that a society that's really been enriched by the blessings of safety and affluence is seen here in the passage. And I think also is a mirror for the time we live in today. And what we can summarize the verses that we read with is this one word, apathy. Apathy. You know, spiritual apathy brings about great danger. It brings about greater danger than political unrest. It brings greater losses than financial reversal or physical poverty. And often in those times, what's really needed is a reliance upon and therefore a, a, a greater seeking of God is, is actually what is most paramount. And, you know, when we recognize our abundant need for God, what we do is we value His graces in a greater way. But, you know, sometimes we, we live in a, in a 
society like we do, and we sort of, you know, we, we're inconvenienced by different things. And of course, there's some things that are happening in our society that we're, we're looking around, it's a bit different. We ought to be concerned about really just this danger of spiritual apathy. You know, I think for, for far too long, um, we as Australians, we've had it pretty good. And we look around and there's, there's abundance. There's still, in many ways, even though there's real challenges out there, we still live lives that are pretty good in comparison to a lot of other people around the world. And, you know, sometimes we can look at that and, and sort of feel a little uh, comforted by all of the things that are surrounding us. You know, spiritual apathy brings us to a place sometimes of an outward show without inward conviction. You know, spiritual apathy sometimes gives us empty rituals without power from above. Lips that sing without hearts that praise. And the result of this is inaction, indifference, and callousness to the reality of our need, but the needs of those around us. Someone once told me that apathy destroys, and no doubt the, the world that we live in is perfect to, to keep us apathetic to the things of God and to the this, this spiritual condition of the world around us. And in a little while, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be having Advance Australia Sunday. And my hope that day is for us to just be awakened to the need of our nation and awakened to the fact that whilst we're living in 2022, it's still a time where we're supposed to be watchful and vigilant about the spiritual condition and the spiritual responsibilities that we have as God's people. And here's what we see in the nation here in, the, in, in this time and, and perhaps a mirror of our time that characterize these people who had their ease in Zion. And what we find firstly is their dependence was misplaced. You know, they, they looked at the, 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 the place that they're in. They, they, they saw that they had abundance. In verse 4, they said that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and calves out of the midst of the stall. You know, they had their ease. They were, they were just lying there. They were in a, in, really in, in leisure, and then they had all of the, the food available to them. In verse 5, that chant to the sound of the vial and invent to themselves instruments of music like David. And you know what we're finding here is it's, it's a time where really was relative peace. They, they were just they were taking their ease. They were enjoying music. They were just, just taking their ease. They had the food. They had the... They, they could lie down and just feel at ease in Zion. But what, what it was, their dependence was misplaced. They thought that they were fine. They thought actually that they weren't in any kind of danger, that there's no imminent judgment, there was no, uh, nothing could touch them. They, they, their dependence and therefore their comfort levels were based on the, the circumstances of, of just great ease. And, you know, they had, the, they had depended on the, the riches of their day without acknowledging perhaps the God of whom they received blessing. And it is, that is the danger, isn't it, when we have abundance? That's the danger when we have things available to us and when we look around and we don't have to, it seems, to really have to pray for the daily needs and daily supplies that so many others around the world have to. And we suddenly become 
dependent. We suddenly figure, well, where's God in all of this? We don't really need Him. And it reminds me really of the, the story in Luke chapter 12, if you quickly turn there, of the, the rich man who, you know, just was looking around and in, in verse 16, he spake a parable unto them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And he speaks to himself, really, and I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. And notice this, take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose, whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And so this parable, this story with a heavenly meaning, speaks about this man who just had abundance and therefore he got into the mode or mentality of just ease. He thought that his circumstances would never change, that those things that he thought he had built himself up with and those things that he had accounted for to himself, he thought that those things will never change, that all of that allowed him to just take a little bit of ease. And yet what he didn't understand was right then, he was just really a heartbeat away from eternity. And sometimes we can... We can um, be a little too earthly-minded where we've just forgotten because of perhaps just the abundance and the ease that we have in our nation to think about eternal things. We tell ourselves stories that comfort ourselves about really nothing will change this and nothing will do that. And, and I think you know, abundance has a way of making us sometimes blind to, our, to eternity and perhaps even a little bit of spiritual apathy that's building up in our lives. And, and the issue is that we've started to depend on the blessings rather than the one who blesses us. And so their dependence was misplaced. Secondly, go back to Amos chapter, chapter 6, and notice verse 3. He says, Are ye that put far away the evil day? So those things that you know could possibly go wrong, they, and cause the seed of violence to come near. Then notice how they're described in verse 6. They, they drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointment. So again, the, just that idea of abundance. But they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. And actually, what was happening, the reality of it, although there was abundance, there was some affliction that was happening in the nation. It was actually some issues that was, was there. And, and what this was, there's, their conscience was misled. Their conscience, they were not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. The poor were being ignored. They were take, being taken advantage of and then not, not seeing the justice that uh, was meant to be inherent in their society. And uh, what happened was that there was a time here in, in Israel's nation where really it was just idolatrous. And there was, there was nothing that, uh, that, there was no one that was standing up to sort of go, well, I'm bothered by that. You know, I think there's a lot of things that we're bothered by in life. You know, we often joke around first world problems, right? 
And we do. We have first world problems. And like today, I had to sit in Telstra for an hour and a half. Right? And sometimes we complain about simple things. And, and you know, we're bothered. But, you know, sometimes our conscience, when it's, it comes to things that really matter, sometimes we just don't, we don't say anything. We're not bothered by it anymore. We, we look at a society that's, that's quickly declining into an acceptance of immorality. We see a society that just stands by while, you know, freedoms that we've always sort of just had are just slowly being eroded and taken away. And we, we won't write, we won't pray, we won't, we won't debate. And, and there's, there's greater things in our society that we ought to be grieved by more than our own comforts that are being taken away at times. We should be bothered by that. You know, today there was a, um, there was a, a, a debate about religious freedom in Parliament. And I remember two years ago sitting in my local member's office and um, they, they, had, they had asked for some, some of the local clergy, so to speak, to come and just talk about what our concerns were. And, you know, I've kept in touch with some of those guys, uh, others who were there, even though we've moved here, but we were just concerned about that. Now, sometimes we're not even informed about that. Sometimes we look and we sort of just, we're sort of not bothered. And, and that was what was happening, that's what was happening right here. There were things, issues in society that were happening that were just grievous, to the Lord, but they weren't grieved for the affliction of Joseph. They weren't grieved. It's just, oh, well, can't do much about it. And, and, you know, too many times when we could pray or we could go about it and perhaps even communicate the need, we don't. And, and maybe perhaps our conscience has been seared. You know, spiritual apathy is really characterized by a moral compass that's just spinning out of control. Whereas we should be guided by the true north of the word of God, we're just maybe persuaded by societal expectation instead. You know, we do have a society that is just the outrage culture today. But I'm telling you, the world is outraged by the wrong things. And we shouldn't buy into that as believers. We should be outraged by the things that outrage God. And so the, the, the more the Israelites followed their false idols, the more they were at ease in Zion, the more their conscience became defiled. But then lastly, and really quickly, really pertaining to us, we, we ought to have this, uh, an idea of just the conviction sometimes that God gives. But what happened was, even though the warnings came through the prophets, the, the, not only was there their de dependence misplaced and their conscience was misled. Lastly, and really alarmingly, their repentance was missing. And the warning was, was a call, really, to return to the one true God. In Amos chapter, again, in, in Amos chapter 6, we go back to chapter 5, actually, and notice the, uh, his warning there. It's really a call to repentance. He says in verse 14, Seek good and not evil that ye may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good. 
and establish judgment in the gate, it may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. And he's saying there, hate the evil, love the good. You know, I, I think it's a sorry sight when we, when we partake, not only partake in evil, but find amusement in evil. When we see a society sometimes that ought to be, we ought to be grieved by and then be concerned for, rather than that, we look and we find humor in it. And, and what was happening with these people and what can happen to us in our apathy is our repentance can go missing. When we should be turning to God, when, when in our own estimation, our own observation, there's some things in our own hearts that we've let slip and let loose, and, and start to come back to God, and yet, in their apathy, they were called to this, their spiritual reality. You know, it's interesting, go, go to Revelation chapter 3, but, you know, we often think about this church in Laodicea, and, and you know, there's probably case in point to sort of look at the, the, the timeline of these seven churches of Asia Minor as mirroring eras of time. And if that's so, we're probably in Laodicea, the Laodicean age. But in verse 14, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that I would, thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of thy mouth and out of my mouth. So their, their condition was neither cold nor hot, they were lukewarm. And, and here's why, because thou sayest, so you're in this condition because of this, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know, they didn't understand their true condition. They didn't understand where they were really at. They thought that they had it all good. And so what does he counsel them? He says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, which that thou mayest be clothed, that, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and notice this, and repent. He's saying, turn back to God. Rather than being, uh, being comforted by your abundance, rather than being comforted by the, 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 sur the surrounding circumstances of your life, He's saying, actually see where you're at and then repent. Get some things right. You know, we can look at a society that is, is the way it is and we can be concerned, but that concern ought to drive us. Remember that judgment has to begin in the house of God. It's actually our responsibility to be the, the, the conscience of a nation. If Christianity isn't bothered, then neither will the world be bothered. If we're not bothered by where things are headed, and if we're not bothered by our own apathy, then nothing will happen out there. And, you know, we come on a Wednesday night, and Wednesday night is, is a night that we're supposed to come together in prayer. It's a night where we're meant to intercede on behalf of those who have need, but it ought to be that we have a, a heart to just intercede for our own condition, but the condition of our nation. 
And we ought to be that it ought to be that there, there, there's a call to repent in our own heart, but a call put out there to repent for those who have need of Christ. And and we need we need the Lord, don't we, church? You know, we we can't just go about and so sort of blindly walk through life. Um, th- there's things that ought to bother us. There the, there ought to be um, there ought to be a, a mindfulness of any growing apathy in our hearts, there, there ought not to be a searing of our conscience there. And what we find is that they, t- they do eventually take heed, but they go through some trouble. And I think that's why sometimes when we're uncomfortable as believers, that's actually when it's best. And we need to just take heed and, and take heed to the call to return to the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for our time here, and thank you for everyone here that's joined. And Lord, we recognize how, how needy we are, and we recognize, Lord, how much we need to look to you, and Lord, align our hearts and our concerns to the things that concern you. I pray, dear God, that you would help us to recognize if there's anything inside us that, that's growing cold and apathetic to the things of you. pray that you'd help us to just, um, to just repent, get th- those things right. And then recognize, dear Lord, as we we go through this day that we still have a great responsibility before you. And and Lord, to be a light, to be salt, but really, Lord, to be the conscience of of the nation and help us, dear God, to just fulfill that in our day so that we might please and honor you in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.